Hello, this call is from the Black Friend Collective. Please type in your four-digit code if you choose to accept. Thank you. Antonio. Another member of the Black Friend Collective named Osiris would now like to connect with you. Press 1 if you choose to accept. Thank you and don't forget. Stay black. Stay proud. And as always. <laughs> fuck off. This just in. A group of intelligent but inflammatory Negroes have banded together in what they now call BFC or Black Friend Collective. The FBI have been monitoring the situation since early this morning, and though this group has not yet committed any threatening or cautionary acts against the American way, all other federal agencies have been put on high alert and advised to warn the public that they should be viewed as a threat. Despite their relatively innocent appearances, members of this collective have been known to frequent nightclubs, question authority, smoke copious amounts of marijuana, grind, shake, pop, lock, and drop their asses, challenge government as it stands, tweet provocative calls of action, and be gay. What could all of this mean for America's future? The answer after this. I got something to say. Hello? Is this Antonio? Hey, yeah, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's, it's going, definitely. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Friend Collective. I'm your host, Osiris Vanable, recording here in Harlem. Hey, and I'm Antonio Mims, recording in Ithaca, New York, also a host. Welcome to the second main episode of the Black Friend Collective. <laughs> this week's sponsor is your racist dog, your neighbor's pit bull that always barks at us, but no one else. Thanks for sponsoring us, your racist dog. Also, audience, bear with us. This is uh, Osiris and I's first official <laughs> recording of a podcast, so you know. All right, this week we've got a few new people we're inviting to the Black Friend Collective. If I had to invite anyone, it would probably be my mom. Just the other day, she was telling me how corrupt the NYPD are, and even within their own ranks. Begin with that bombshell scandal at the NYPD and the FBI investigation that revealed accusations of corruption. Today, we allege two separate and serious criminal schemes involving the bribery of officers who were sworn to uphold the rule of law. Now to that scandal tonight for the NYPD and tomorrow, court dates for seven cops hired to uphold the law but now charged with helping run a far-flung prostitution and gambling ring. For example, if you don't know anyone within the NYPD, if you don't have a long line of family who are in within the NYPD, you're treated like shit. And unless you're willing to be an asshole to whoever they want you to be an asshole to, you will get dealt the worst positions, the worst times, and barely any vacation. My mom was just telling me the other day that um, her sergeant, uh, had cornered her once uh, on one of the night tours and he, he had her up to against the wall and she was two months pregnant with my baby brother uh, and he was just barking things at her like, why do you dress so fucking ghetto? Why do you look like that? What she did was she got right on the floor and she stared him dead in the eye and said, call a fucking ambulance. I'm going into labor. I am the one, the way your son don't need a gun to get respect up on the street. It was, it was hilarious, honestly. Um, well, I mean, at the time, probably was terrifying for her because this was a guy who was, what, he was 6'3", he was six foot. My mom's a little 5'2 woman, 5'2 and a half. And uh, this man was hunching over her, this white man. And for what reason? Because he didn't like what she looked like. So um, having her in the collective would be dope as hell because she does not take shit from anybody. That's such an appalling story that anyone should have to tell. I'm glad that you're telling it right now. And but it's just it's just so I don't know. That sounds like something that would happen in a movie. Like right as you're going into labor, like your boss is giving you shit about just being who you are, basically. It's insane. I don't, I, I, I don't understand why any how anyone could act on something like that. Who could? Who could be so cruel? And I don't know whether he knew she was pregnant or not, but to corner her all alone at the three o'clock in the morning, that's terrifying, first off. Yeah. But it's uncalled for on top of everything else. She did nothing to deserve it. Definitely. 
Well, I'm going to invite my the first teacher that I ever had that encouraged me to embrace and love my blackness, Ali Muldrow. Mm. She's always done impactful work with Wisconsin's black youth, especially when it comes to how they navigate the school system. She's a member of the school board in Wisconsin and is now a co-director of a program called G-Safe that was my introduction to social justice work. I actually was a part of the first cohort of an independent study course that Ali designed called Foundations of Leadership. And it worked to basically develop leadership skills in youth of color, particularly black queer youth of color. That's so awesome. Oh, my God. That's, that's, no, that's great. I think that's really cool. Do you guys still talk at all? Uh, yeah, like occasionally. Usually I just interact with her Facebook posts. But, you know, yes, there are some be kind. Please be kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, this week we're talking about growing up queer and in a black community. But before we get into that, this week's current events. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. The New York Times recently reported that the Housing and Urban Development Unit would rule to dismantle protections for homeless transgender people. This new rule would be particularly dangerous for the black and brown transgender women who face extraordinarily high rates of unemployment and homelessness at any time, and particularly in this economic crisis. Lala Zanell, an advocate for transgender rights at the American Civil Liberties Union, said that in a statement. Yeah, that's um, that's insane. Uh, and I mean, what is this? The Trump administration hard at work trying to strip rights from pe- queer people all over. I think that's it's it's sad to see. And that's why I believe that voting, which I mean, if you haven't voted, definitely go out and vote. But it is imperative for people to vote this coming November because we have to get them out of office um, because this man, he does not hold uphold the values of people that I want to be around. He does not hold uphold values that really that are he's not a moral man that's what that's what it comes down to um and i think that anyone who did vote for him uh while i could i hear this and that i believe that you're not looking at the bigger picture you're seeing it maybe as politics but less but and not enough more about other people's lives at stake Mm -hmm. and this is just another example of it yeah i have always had a hard time with like advocating for people to vote and i really do get the utility of you know taking advantage and being knowledgeable about the u.s political system and how it affects people's lives however like at every step of the way people like us black queer people black queer people that are poor uh, have always been like violated and and always have been you know at the i guess bottom if you will of society um so right so like i'm not under the impression that none of these people have been voting however despite everyone voting and doing what they think they can to make things better for everyone um that's not always a complete solution for me yeah no and i completely understand um and i agree 100 percent and this is a reminder to uh, do what you can to not only help yourself, but those around you. For example, I donated to the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. And it's an organization that their whole goal, the whole focus is to support, restore and strengthen mental health of those who are going through these hard times, especially under Trump administration. Hey, y'all. My name is Erica Woodland, and I'm the founder of the National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network. The core of our work is to increase access to mental health resources that are rooted in social justice and liberation for queer and trans people of color. Even though there are quite a few of us out here from the community who are providing healing to our community, we know that money is still a huge barrier to accessing these services. Through the Mental Health Fund, QTPOC will be able to get timely financial support so they can actually pay for a therapist who believes in their right to heal so that, so that they don't have to worry about money and stress about how they're going to pay for these much needed supports that we all deserve. I hope that you'll take a minute to consider donating today. Any amount that you can give to this effort would be greatly appreciated. If you go to www.nqttcn.com, there's a little sidebar where you can donate to them. And I know for myself for a long time, mental health didn't matter a lot. But in the long run, and I, I don't know, Antonio, you can speak about this as well, uh, it truly makes or breaks a person. 
um, and it is it is imperative that they they have someone to go to. Yes, definitely. I've always, always been a huge advocate for mental health just because I have had a lot of friends that have gone through just terrible mental health situations. And I myself have had just a very tough relationship with mental health throughout my life. Um, I've lost some friends to suicide and things of that nature. So it just, yeah. it, it really is an avenue of life that I really have always felt really close to. And that's why I see myself going into that field uh, like professionally. But yeah, black people need black therapists. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. Now we're going, we're going to transition into the breakdown section of the episode where we're just going to discuss a few things about our experiences growing up being black and gay and coming into that identity and, you know, the things that we encountered. Um, so <laughs> I think I'll start from really, really little, about mm-hmm. like eight or nine. Maybe, no, I'll go back as far as fourth grade. So I had this, I mean, I, I had always had like little crushes on people, I guess. And like, even sometimes they were girls, like, I remember vividly, like, one time <laughs> at a football game, maybe, like, kissing one of my friends on the cheek, and it was, like, super instant. But then, like, my family just brought that up way more often than, like, I even thought about it, you know? And, like, I always yeah. thought that was weird. Um, At some point, I definitely thought it was because they had, like, a feeling that I might be a little, like queer so any anything (laughs) that they could hold on to that would make them not have to confront that reality was i guess like comfortable comforting for them or like really yeah i don't know where did you grow up again in wisconsin in madison wisconsin oh okay yeah i had a very different experience my mom (laughs) it's no it's so so i'm one of seven kids uh and live in new york city so my mom she uh i don't know why she did it and even now um, she always knew. She was like, you love Powerpuff Girls. Like, you were like, I want to be Blossom and whatever. Which I wanted to be Blossom not because I was into like, oh, I want to be like a girl. It was because I wanted to be in charge. I'm a leader. That's why. <laughs> whatever. But um, all throughout like childhood, like, and I never took it like as a bad way. It was just weird. She would say like, oh, are you gay? And like, not me, but like everybody in the house. And I don't know if she did it like to like, oh, like some of y'all might be gay or she's like trying to pick which one she knows um but she was just like i'm just asking and we were like no what's wrong with you why would you say that and it went all throughout like until i got to like maybe high school and then like i didn't talk to her about as many things and she stopped asking um but um so it was funny it was very much not taboo Mm. um probably as much as like in wisconsin um i mean i don't know i think it was like yeah, I think I mostly just had a Christian-based family, so oh. yeah. So there are some messages that get interpreted in certain ways, and you know, all of a sudden, being gay is the biggest sin that one could ever commit. Uh, <laughs> That's <a good> <laughs> Not <yeah>. murder. <laughs> so the shame, the shame that <laughs> the shame that surrounds, like I don't know, either having familial associations with someone that's gay like I, and i think that that is the point that it gets real for people because a lot of people will be like oh yeah like i don't care if you're gay like it doesn't have anything to do with me but as soon as it's someone in their family like it's a different story a lot of the time and i think that that was definitely where a lot of my family members were i remember getting like a lot of lectures about uh yeah but just I mean, I remember my aunt like <laughs> sitting me down specifically and then giving me a spiel about how the Bible is oh my not God. always correct, but it's <laughs> all that she has. So basically, she's going to like just believe it. And the Bible says that being gay is wrong. So, you know, but I don't know. I just I so the topic doesn't really come up with most of my extended family anymore. But yeah, with my mom, she's gotten better about it over the years. That's good to hear. I know, it, it's, like, especially, like, 
going to school and like I already felt very strange being like one of the few black kids in school in middle school even in high school um my middle school was kind of diverse um what they did was we were an experiment they wanted to take kids from the surrounding neighborhoods and like see if like oh can they like mingle with kids who like paid for coming to come to school here Mm -hmm. people who had kid who went to uh, who worked at um columbia who sent their kids here uh newsflash kids don't see income or race um it's taught not ingrained in them um so um, the, the school was very diverse, um, but even then I felt very weird because like I would see like not nearly as many people who looked like me. So on top of like already feeling like, oh, maybe I'm gay, like what's going on? It was people who I couldn't identify with. Um, mm-hmm. And so for a long point in my life, I was like, hmm, maybe I'm not hot to the girls. I don't understand. And then mm-hmm. that's. So basically where I'm coming from is it was very much I didn't feel like other people looked like me and it didn't help that I was like, huh, like, wow, like these people aren't attracted to me, but to my best friend, like, ah, mm-hmm. what does he have that I don't have? I have abs. He's got a little bit of a tummy. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And not that it's like looks are only but skin deep, of course. But I mean, even that, like people weren't into my skin. And that's when I felt like that was a big like indicator that I was like maybe I'm gay maybe girls just don't like me maybe I should look towards guys and then I don't know and then I got into the like bigger world the bigger gay community and I saw it was incredibly different it was very very much segregated but a lot more subtle I feel like or not even subtle I think it was it was just not talked about it was not talked about for a long time um, which was funny because being in New York City, I feel like it's a whole melting pot, so many different people. Um, and yet I, I felt like, huh, like I'm not getting hit on by any of these guys. I don't get it. What's going on? Like, am I too short? It, it didn't help that I'm five eight and like I talk a lot. So that <laughs> definitely didn't help. But when, I'm also I was like, is it? Yeah. When did you come out? Uh, if you ever so, did. Like, I never like had a <laughs> here, here I am outing myself now. <laughs> um <laughs> It was, I think I had my first boyfriend, uh, when was this, high school? He didn't want to, but he was Polish, so he was like, <laughs> I don't want to do, I don't want to do any of that, which I understand, like, that's like a whole different country I can't touch, because he said his grandma would have a heart attack if she found out, um, but that's what I told my friends, and I was like, hey, like, here he is, and I didn't say, like, oh, I'm gay, it was just like, here he is, um, Interesting. I had a very melodramatic kind of coming out experience. So I. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was eighth grade. Towards the end of the year, I had just like developed a, I don't know, relationship kind of with one of my best friends. Like we used to just have sleepovers and stuff. And then it turned into something else and so so around that time I was just really having to confront the fact that I wasn't really often attracted to girls at all and I was feeling some type of way about my best friend so I posted a Facebook status like I don't know I think it's March 30th March 31st of 2012 um basically telling people how it was saying if you don't like it you can delete me um but Good just <laughs> Good for you. that's right no, i was like to you i was like just so you know if you decide to delete me um just know that you're a terrible person <laughs> like, <laughs> basically. yes get them no i mean that you're completely right in that regard yeah i don't know i'm just like so over the years just been weird relating to that and relating because my school was definitely majority white but there was like a significant black presence and like poc presence i guess because we our school out of the other schools which i didn't really get got the reputation of being one of the more diverse schools because our theater program was a little bigger and we had this thing called um what was it called all nations day or something so I don't know. I think they tried to brand themselves as a diverse school. However, oh. yeah. However, uh, I never, re- I didn't really feel that. Uh, I was kind of like a drifter for a lot of 
middle and high school. Like I didn't have one specific friend group until, you know, I met three other girls that I just hit it off with. But yeah, that was another thing. Were you like mostly friends with girls throughout school or were you like pretty mixed? No, I feel like, well, I definitely feel like being in the city, everyone's very much mixed because like we're such close, we're like such close people. We're in close quarters. Um, All high schools knew each other. Everyone knew everybody else. So it was less about like who you're friends with, men or women, um, but more like, I think there's a lot of things about money. Um, But uh, I had a lot of girlfriends. I did, but I had like, I still do have a good core group of guys, all straight guys. Um, Just for my birthday, we hung out actually. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So, which is funny to, I mean, I don't know. Did you like, you said you only had like mainly friend, girlfriends. I mean, after, you know, going through the whole shebang with my best friend that I got into a semi-relationship with, I just kind of... Also, I grew up around all women. Like, I have two sisters, and my grandma and my mom were just always pretty much around me. And I was only around guys pretty much when I was around my cousins, who lived in South Carolina for most of my life. But I... So I just was more comfortable being myself around women, I think, from an early age. So, And then I had weird experiences with straight guys that would just do, like, treat me like shit, basically. And so I just... Why? Uh, it's just like... Sorry, I don't... Yeah, this, yeah <laughs> who knows why? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> who actually knows why? But I don't know. They It would be a lot of the dynamic where they would show interest and then, like, things would happen meaning sexual things and then they would feel weird about it after and like either want me to keep secrets for them or i don't know just look the other way when i see them (laughs) from that point on like i don't know crazy what yeah Yeah. um it's been insane it's been weird but i feel like that's like a like a i mean not to like judge your town but i feel like in New York, everyone's going to know everything. Because like I said, like everyone knows everybody. So I feel like that's a di- big difference from being like from a big city like New York compared to Madison, Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> I feel like holding, especially those types of secrets, something like that. Because you know everyone, at, I guess, in your town. So you know everyone. But um, New York City, like you could do whatever and no one has to know. Um, which, is, <laughs> which is a bad, bad thing to say. But um, I'm sorry, that that sucks. And what was, like, the gay community like there? uh, So, it was small. And and it wasn't much of a community until I was a sophomore in high school and did the independent study thing that I was talking about earlier with Ali Muldrow. Shout out again. Uh, (laughs) So, when I would go there, which was, like, every Monday after school for about, like, two hours after school, I would be exposed to... I don't know, just being in a really safe, like, creative and, um, yeah, creative and intellectual space with other young Black queer people, which was something that I hadn't had before. Like, mostly, I would just, like, fight with the other Black gay people in school. Because it was really? just... Really? Like, was yeah. it, like, competition or, like, what? I'm confused. I don't know. It was just animosity. And, like, I just got into, like, two, at least two physical altercations with other black gay people during high serious? school. Yeah. But what were they yeah. about? That's what I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand, like, like why... It, like, we're, like, we're going through the same thing. Why are we Why are we putting each other down? I don't get that. Uh, I don't know, but it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, a gay community, I guess, in general, is very... I wouldn't... I don't know if competitive is the right word, but, um... It's... It's it's a funny... People act kind of funny, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I know going out myself, I feel like... On top of not being able to, like, see... Like, on top of seeing people, like oh, so very selective on who they, like, talk to, who they hang out with. Um, I found that even, the like, the little small groups that I did join or hang out with, hung out with, um, they were very, very clicky and very, not snotty or snobby, but very much, like, into themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't have a lot of gay friends personally. I maybe maybe like a nice, I don't know, 20 compared to the, I don't know, God knows how many straight friends I have. Even within those little small groups of like gay friends I had, I never had really gay black friends. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I don't, I can maybe name three, but um, I was surrounded by people who weren't black and, but which was funny because a lot of the people that I did become friends with, we either like, maybe we like had like feelings for each other or we like hooked up and they only talked about having black friends, but then I never saw any black friends <laughs> with us. We never went out with any black friends. Yeah. So I was like, I don't really understand. What's a friend then? Or am I, and then I thought like, am I just the cool black friend that you're like, comfortable around because you can be whoever you want to be because you just Mm want to sleep with that other black guy yeah then made me like start questioning like why do people even really like me um Mm -hmm. is it because i'm black or is it like am i a fun guy am i the black guy osiris or am i osiris the black guy it's yeah definitely i it also makes me question myself too when i have friends that do stuff like that or it that it seems like I'm the only black person that they can, I don't know, relate to or be themselves around because it's like, right. What, how do I even like this person? Like, are they just, am I just trying to be like in proximity to some like desirable whiteness? Like, uh, it just makes me really confused about a lot of my relationships with people in general, but especially white people. Of 100%. All right, so before we go further into this, we're going to take a quick break. Here we go. Welcome to the break. This week, we're going with the Karen of the week. What are you going to do, Karen? That's not my name, so get my name straight. Go ahead. You okay, Karen? Antonio, tell us about your own personal Karen. Yes, so uh, the manager, or I don't know, stand-in manager, owner of this place <laughs> called Just a Taste in Ithaca. Um, by the way, don't eat there. Me, <laughs> <laughs> me, and a couple of my black friends, and coincidentally, one of my white friends as well, uh, were sitting outside uh, in front of Just a Taste. But off to the side of the restaurant, like, chilling. We just had this beautiful moment where this black guy drove by playing Biggie. And we're just dancing with him while he's in his car, like, dancing with yeah, us. yourself. Yeah, we're feeling ourselves. It's Juneteenth, mind you. <laughs> yeah. And so this white man walks by and he's like, you guys wouldn't happen to be getting anything from Just a Taste, would you? And I, we, I was like, no, we're just chilling here. We're just sitting down. Uh, trying to cool off because it's like 85 degrees outside and then yeah yeah and then he like just nods and I didn't see him go into the restaurant but I did see him come out of the restaurant and then as he's walking away from us he looks back and he smiles at me and I remember thinking that that was pretty weird but lo and behold literally two minutes later Uh, This white lady comes out, this like bigger white dude is like standing behind her. Uh, They're both wearing masks and they're like, hey guys, this is like restaurant seating. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Wait, this just happened? Yeah, this happened on Juneteenth. Oh, oh, right. Oh my God. Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to have to ask you guys to leave. And we were like, okay, we'll leave. And then (laughs) she just continues to stand there and like stare us down and basically just I don't know make making a scene because she's there with like a whole bodyguard looking dude with his like arms crossed and we're just sitting there doing our thing like being just being being there and the people that are sitting in the restaurant are literally I kid you not like 15 feet down the street so there was no one planning to sit in the exact table that we were sitting on in they just didn't want us there apparently so then my friends got mad she started talking about ownership and you know like white people have bullshit, their bullshit, uh, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so white <laughs> people have their little ownership complexes or whatever so right. she 
decided to assert that. And then one of my friends was just like, you know that ownership doesn't really exist. And like all this shit, (laughs) you're just you're just holding on to something that really isn't there for you, you know. Um, right. And she's just not having it. Somebody mentioned something about white privilege, privilege, and she that's, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yep. Yeah, she decides to tell us that we're playing the card or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, go ahead, God, go Are ahead, you serious? play the card." And then we're just what? Like, <laughs> that's an against intense. But she doesn't even know she's playing her card, the white exactly. privilege card. Exactly. That's ridiculous. That's, Check yourself. Somehow that's not that's not uh that's not applicable here, I guess. Uh, but yeah, moral of the story is we got up and left, and that was that. But it really bothered us, and we could not stop talking about it all day, or thinking about it, or being sad about it. So like, it just was really powerful, I guess, to have have happened on that day, among other things that had already happened that day. So I guess I just want to say a big fuck you to Karen at Just a Taste. <laughs> fuck you. 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 Let me tell your dusty, dirty, dingy mannequin built ass something. You don't tell me where the fuck to go. When you leave your house, language. you old stanky language. ass lady, Respectful you are language. in the world. Fuck you, Karen. And we're back from the break, guys. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. So we were just talking kind of, we were kind of getting into um about how we feel like growing up, like in high school and in the institutions that we were in, uh, we started seeing more people kind of coming at us, not for our character, but for our color. And um, I just wanted to talk more about that, how, what kind of experiences I've gone through. I know, Antonio, you've probably gone through a crap ton, being, especially being not only being from Wisconsin, but then all the way to Ithaca. Not that I'm saying New York is any better, but I, I feel like people know better in New York um, compared to like the times that I, the, up, the time that I was up in Ithaca. Um, it was just, it was very strange. Um, but I don't want ups- to uh, upstage you because I know you've been dealing with a massive amount there. Um, so do you want to start with that and I'll add on to whatever? Sure. I mean, you you saw the screenshots that I sent you um, of horrific. multiple people just oh saying God. horrific things to me. I thought it was a me. joke. Yeah, no. As disgust- it wasn't even like clever or flirty. It was disgusting. Yeah. I, I wish it was a joke, to be honest. But yeah, people have... I mean, I started using dating apps from a young age because... There was just not as many options available for me, like GSA, which is the Gender Sexuality Alliance, just was filled with, like, white nerds or, like, dorky (laughs) white people and, like, who really liked things like, I don't know, just, like, quirky things that I wasn't really into and, like, I just didn't really, like, vibe with that environment. So that is, like, the one place in school or, like, that it's, I guess, encouraged to explore your sexuality or like things around that but yeah so i've been using dating apps and from Mm -hmm. the moment that i logged on people have been either fetishizing me saying things like i like chocolate ice cream not white ice cream (laughs) like i love black dick i want to (laughs) i want to taste the black dick that tastes like weed and watermelon like it just yeah that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard yeah that's some whew the funniest thing is like the funniest thing though is white people that will express interest in me and then when i say i'm not interested they resort to calling me a nigga (laughs) like literally uh yeah so stuff like that people have offered me money to like stage sexual assault scenes with them yeah people have paid me to like just come they, into they'll pay you yeah i that's yes. crazy they asked me to do it for free oh, people constantly no. coming to me well when i was on dating apps they were all like oh like i want you to rape me i was like um well i don't like even hearing the word rape yeah. much less like it me doing it and yeah, also no. i'm a black man what does that mean i can only imagine what sick twisted fantasies you have then um yeah. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but i 
it's just funny to me. People will pay you to do it. Yeah, no. People paid me to just like do hotel things, like 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 uh, anything from a massage to literally like going into a hotel room and just like grinding on them for a specific amount of time and i've done some risky shit so like but i do have a premium (laughs) i am not doing no risky shit for free so yeah but the stuff that i (laughs) the stuff that i have done for free is just as appalling honestly um (laughs) but yeah yeah definitely no and that's what i kind of approached it with like especially when i was like a little younger just viewing the way that I related to people and related to sex as a, like, independent and, like, free-spirited way of approaching sexuality. But it, along the way, there was a lot of fucking trauma that happened as well. So, yeah, I don't know. It just oh. really has been a mixed bag. A lot of unfortunate experiences, but also, like, a lot of growth and a lot of, like, shedding of a lot of sexual shame that happens in just our society, but especially among, like, Black queer people, you know? Yeah, no, I completely understand. And, I mean, I wouldn't say that my experiences, from what you, like, showed me when we talked about this previously, um, I didn't have, like, a whole catalog of people, like, saying these (laughs) crazy, but not only crazy, just creepy things to me. Like, it doesn't, I don't know, Whoever that turns on, like, hit Antonio up then. Because that that is not a turn-on for me. That is not a turn-on for anyone I know. I can promise you that. But, um... I just... There's yeah, plenty... No. Yeah. People... Yeah. People are... <laughs> diverse, to say the least. <laughs> um, but, um... I would say... I didn't go through nearly as much as, like, that kind of torment, I, honestly. I mean, that's what that's the only way I can see it as. Because I, I don't like anyone talking to me like that. I don't even like when my, like, ah. But um, I would say in New York, it's a little bit better. I wouldn't say it's full-on people saying, oh, I want to taste your, your chocolate skin. There's definitely been people like, oh, like, oh, you must have a big dick and stuff like that. And, like, well, I, I'm like, oh, like, oh, what makes you think that? And then it's automatically like, oh, black guys have big dicks. It's like, okay, cool. Black. Um, <laughs> I, I, I Cool, I guess. Thank you. Is that it? Is that all you wanted to say to me? Is that oh, all the damn. reason why you want to talk to me? Um, and I'm not... I used to be for a long time very much like, oh, like, I won't sleep around and, like, do anything because that's not what people do. People can do whatever they want. And I had to learn that the hard way. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, realizing that, like, fun is fun and no one should be shamed for it, first of all. Second of all, you also shouldn't trust everybody, especially people who say you have really beautiful skin. What do you want to wear my skin? What I don't understand why you're saying that. That's disgusting. Um, but uh, I've gotten plenty of people like like I said, like people asking like, "Oh, can you rape me?" or like, "Oh, I haven't had a black guy before. I'm not an experienced man. Like I'm a person. That's what my problem is. That I'm not here." for your weird, sick fantasies. I'm just a fantasy to you. I'm not a person. And that's what I have a problem with. They are bringing me down as a like, as an idea, as a thought, instead mm-hmm. of who I am. I, I mean, a, a person. That's, that's plain and simple. I'm a person. So um, I did go through some of that, especially when I went to go visit Ithaca. They're, oh, you're new here, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Things like that. And... um. That's where it really, like, I was like, oh, my God, why would you say something like this? And I would ask them, I'm like, does this work on other guys? And they're like, oh, like, I haven't met a lot of guys like you. And I was like, well, I wonder why they don't come here because of this. (laughs) I know I wouldn't. And I I, was there for twice, so two times, two years, so I was there. Um, but, um, But it's not just, like, people here. I think very much so international people. Um, and I feel like a lot of them don't understand that it's kind of fetishizing like, oh, you're exotic, you're cool, you're different. Um, I don't know about you, uh, Antonio. I, I, met a lot, I know a lot of international people. Um, I hope some are listening now. Hey, what up, Poland, Sweden, Ukraine, whatnot. Um, what but not? Uh, it's not... It's not sexy. It's not like a like a it's not a compliment to like say like oh like I've never been with like a black guy. It's not a compliment to say oh I only like 
like these black people why do you like these black people do you like these black people because they're black and like you like you heard they have the best sex what's going on that's what i have a problem with if it's like oh i like black black is beautiful i can get behind that 100 percent. and it really is like kylie said in the previous episode i think it was um impact versus intent Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially like white people, they're very much like they don't understand the folk. Even like even some of them will say it, and they they're like they're ignorant. It's not even like they're trying to be creepy. They're not trying to be rude. And I bet mm-hmm. you've met some people like that. I mean, yeah, people just people also try to explain stuff like that away um, because they are white and have no sociological consciousness and never have had to so they just resort to their own point of view of things and think that that's enough to explain things when a lot of black people know that because a lot of struggles with black people that have happened to black people have been connected so we've had to kind of zoom out and take a look at the bigger picture everything And question our quote-unquote preferences and question why we relate to people in a certain way. But that's just not there for a lot of white people, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's weird to interact in it. I just don't know why people fucking feel the need to tell me that. Like, that they just like black people. Like, I didn't really ask. Like, I didn't ask. (laughs) And even if I did, like, is this the best that you can come up with? I don't know. It's just... (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And what's even crazier is people will get upset if I ask them. But I got to know. That's why I'm asking you. Like, do mm-hmm. you have a problem? Like, are, do you have a problem being asked if you have a black fetish? A black person, like a black person fetish, black people fetish. And I mean, honestly, tell me, like, because this is who you are. I get it. it. People have fetishes, whatever. But I'm not going to be one of those fetishes. And that's where my problem stands. So when people get upset with me. When I'm saying, when, like, oh, you don't trust me, you don't believe that, like, oh, like, just because I date all black guys, like, no, I am going to question why you date all black guys. And, oh, you know what got, really grind my gears? Um, everyone's posting, like, if you suck black dick, then you, you have to support Black Lives Matter. I think that's, like, it's very much, it's, like, it's dwindling down the whole entire focus that, like, Black Lives Matter. You're putting them... You're putting like, oh, sex with black men, sex with black women matters. So this is why black lives matters. Black right. lives should matter just because black lives matter. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, all of this just builds trust issues, honestly. And it's not personal, but in my time being alive for the 23 years I have been, or I guess as ever long I've been out in the scene, the dating scene and whatnot, um, I found that I've had to question people and people question me and I'm more than happy to say I dated this guy because of this reason, not because he looks like this, not because he's rich like this. All I'm asking is a question. So anyone out there dating a black woman or man, I want you to know if they ask, am I a fetish to you? If I, am, I, am I the only black person you've ever dated? Don't take that as an offense. Take that as a compliment. They want to know more about you. They want to know that you're real. Right, because uh, we could just not fucking talk to you at all. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, the trust issues thing. I don't know. A lot of things, especially learning more about sociology and learning that some things like the American dream just aren't really useful to hold on to. You know, um, along with trust issues and not really knowing what would be the right path for me in terms of either dating or careers or just doing something that will help me succeed as a person. I just lost a lot of hope for a while. Like, I lost hope that, like, things would get better, you know. And it's sad. But, well, I mean, like, we've been through this. So, like, the people who are listening, um, you, I know we were talking about it previously, Antonio. How do you, how did you cope with it? Because all I did was just kind of drop people, which yeah. isn't the best thing to do. But um, I don't know how to deal with, like, these microaggressions and whatnot. Because I'm like, I don't want to waste my time if you can't educate yourself. So how do uh-huh. I, how do I personally deal with this? Because I... I don't deal with it nearly as well as probably other people do. Mm-hmm. I definitely like 
either smiled and nodded for a while or just dealt with it more than I've grown to do now. Like now I will literally cuss people out and like not give any explanation whatsoever. Just literally tell them to get the fuck out of my face. But okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went with reason, through with good a reason. lot. Yeah, I went through a lot in terms of developing a lot of coping mechanisms. Like I had like six, seven under my belt, like singing, painting, writing, fucking, I don't know, screaming. Um, yeah. You know, like just uh, just things that. I had to attach myself to in order to feel okay a lot of the time. I even, like, ate a lot for a part of my life. I've switched to, like, working out. I went vegan for a little bit. Like, just a bunch of shit that I thought would would make me feel better about what was happening around me or yeah, just things that would keep me on some sort of track to right. be, to feel better. Um, right. To... It sounds like very much like. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Um, okay. But it, it sounds like a lot of like, kind of like self love is kind of what you're coming coming to, right? Because it sounds like you're taking yeah. care of yourself more than thinking of worried about like what other people are saying, what other people are thinking, right? Right. And I've had to balance that a lot more, especially with like I think I need to learn how to balance that a lot more, especially because I'm going to go into a field that will take a lot of time away from me being able to focus on myself and I'll have to focus yeah. on other people and focus on actually what they think and what they, where they're coming from, you know? And I've always been, like, naturally good at that. Like, I I don't know. So that's why I'm doing it, but yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still a work in progress. So in, in terms of coping mechanisms, that's pretty much... That's cool. I didn't realize. Um, I guess, like, I guess my coping mechanism is to very much go work out, and I'm like looking at myself. I'll take my shirt off, look at myself, and like, oh, you cute. Look at you, and uh, and I feel great about it. Um, so I guess I do have a coping mechanism. I think there could be way more positive and better ones, but uh, I I appreciate hearing about yours um, definitely because I feel like I am very. I wouldn't say angry. I am a little angry. I am angry. <laughs> Period. I am very angry, um, especially meeting those type of people who don't even know. And sometimes it's even worse when they don't know. They're running around life thinking that they are God's children and they are bread and butter, everything, the best sugar and spice, everything nice. Um, and here they're, they're blind. They're blissfully ignorant about just how offensive it is to be the way that they are whether it's calling me out and saying hey you're really hot like for a black guy as a black guy whatever the case may be because of my race um and that's unacceptable it's and it's huge and i think it's even i would take it a step further and say that it's actually violent because i i hate when people like try to act like microaggressions are somehow just like less hurtful or something as opposed to just literally being subjugated into every fucking avenue of your life. Uh, but it, that doesn't make it any better. That just adds insult to injury. That's like fucking... You're right. It, yeah. can, can I even call it a microaggression? It's pissing me know. off now. Somebody's, so uh, it's, yeah. just, uh, it's, just, it's just being ignorant and racist. Do you have any experiences with like black straight men and like homophobia around that? Or like maybe femphobia? Um, None of my... Which is just, no, I know some of my friends, that's like a very, like, I don't think I know anyone who's trans, and I don't I know. I definitely do, and I don't know why, but I can't really do anything about it right now. Yeah, I don't have uh, a lot of, like, trans friends. I know a few, maybe two. Um, but also, like, all my straight friends, all the guys, uh, they're fairly open about it. We'll joke, we'll laugh, we'll make fun of each other about everything not to the point where i feel like i'm being hurt um which is why i love them so much is because we can laugh about everything but i know like at the end of the day like they're on my side black gay whatever whoever i am um i don't know about you what about you so yeah i don't know i think it might have been a lot of internalized stuff but i just grew up kind of being in weird situations in terms of like being policed for (laughs) 
either the way my voice sounds or the way I walk or the way I talk or like this pretty much any any sudden movement that I made someone would either feel the need to comment on or tell me that like that's not the way I'm supposed to do something or like that's ridiculous not yeah. our business yeah so I kind of grew up dealing with that and sometimes it would like result in arguments or even like fights with straight black dudes around yeah around being either femphobic or homophobic uh yeah so it's it's and i know that a lot of other people have had like similar experiences so i was just wondering no um i yeah uh i've, I've only like i said i've only heard so much about it uh like i said new york's fairly i want to say kind of progressive but there are definitely plenty of people who uh take kind of that whole entire idea that New York's a uh, progressive, so me doing this is all right. Um, anyways, sorry, I know we've talked up a storm, uh, and obviously we could talk so much about this, being black, being gay, being black and gay uh, in a rural area, being black and gay in an urban area, being black and gay within a black community, all the intersectionalities, all the, in the intricacies of this whole topic is endless. Uh, BFC will definitely go into these topics a lot more. Whew. But um, that wraps up our first episode. Antonio, how you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling a little like I'm sweaty. A little. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our first podcast, our first, ep- our second episode of Black Friend Collective, our first podcast together, me, Osiris, and him, Antonio. Make sure to listen back to our introduction episodes to get an idea of who we are and where we came from. Anything else you want to add? Nope. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Alrighty. This episode is produced by April Carroll and Kylie Roberts. Thank you, guys. See you next week. This call has now been disconnected. Thank you. Black Friend Collective. We will talk to you again soon. Down south. Hood baby. Hood baby. Make all the girls go crazy. Go crazy. Go stoop. Look up. Down to the side. Why can you feel a little lazy? This episode was inspired by the work of the National Queer and Trans Therapist of Color Network an organization who deal with supporting, restoring, and strengthening the mental health specifically of those who identify as queer and trans. You can read more about them at www.nqttcn.com and all about their mission towards healing those during these traumatic times. I would also suggest making a donation there or if you do any research on your own geared towards any queer or trans organizations simply because this is a small community of people as it is and they aren't receiving nearly enough attention or support. Thank you.